Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors in over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Earnestly seek to commend yourself to God as an approved worker who has nothing to be ashamed of, handling the word of truth with precision. We're glad you're joining us for today's program, A Word from the Word, with your host, Pastor Tom, who will unpack for us the richness and beauty of the Bible's original languages as they bear on key words and concepts from both Testaments. Our hope is that your walk with God will be strengthened and deepened, and both your understanding and application of God's Word will be enriched, and you'll be drawn to love it more and more each day. And now, here's Pastor Tom. Hello, friends. Thanks for joining me on A Word from the Word. Before us looms a whole new year, 2022. This upcoming year will be filled with new chances, new challenges, new relationships, new goals, new paths to travel, new opportunities, new accomplishments, and new affections. And in all honesty, friends, I have no doubt we're all wondering what new fears await us. Imagine for a moment you're boarding a plane. As you sit down, you hear this announcement over the PA system. Welcome to Flight 2022. We're prepared to take off into the new year. Make sure your positive attitude and gratitude are secured and locked in their upright position. Turn off all self-destruct devices at this time. Pity, anger, selfishness, pride, and resentment. Put away all negativity, hurt, and discouragement. Should you lose your positive attitude under pressure during this flight, reach up and pull down a prayer. Prayers will automatically be activated by faith. After your faith has been activated, you can then assist other passengers who are exhibiting little faith. On this flight, no baggage is permitted. God, our captain, has just cleared us for takeoff. Our destination? Great things! Expect a journey filled with new hopes, new joy, and new beginnings. Friends, I have come to realize that there's a subject that does not discriminate, nor is it bound by age. The youngest child who is self-aware to the oldest senior adult and every age in between all have a personal connection here. Musing on this subject, I also found it does not discriminate, nor is it bound by gender. Men and women alike are experiencing this phenomenon firsthand. Then I rapidly came to realize that this subject does not discriminate, nor is it bound by marital status. Yes, the single, the married, the divorced and widowed people have come into close contact with this subject. 
The more I thought about this, friends, I came to understand that this issue does not discriminate, nor is it bound by cultural or economic factors. From the poorest of the poor to the richest of the rich, and every socioeconomic bracket in between, no one appears to be untouched by it. In fact, I dare say that this subject does not discriminate, nor is it bound by geographic locations. It doesn't seem to matter where on God's green earth we live. We can't elude, evade, or escape the influences or effects of this phenomenon. In reflecting on this topic, I even came to realize that it does not discriminate, nor is it bound by our religious affiliations either, including all of the world's major religious belief systems. And I must say here, friends, that the startling thing I discovered in all this is that even Christ followers are not immune or exempt from deeply and personally experiencing and being affected by this topic. It sure seems like every single human being, regardless of age, regardless of gender, regardless of marital status, cultural background or economic status, regardless of geographic location or religious affiliation, all of us have been or are now being impacted and cannot come away unscathed by this subject. So, today, friends, I'm feeling compelled to talk to you about the subject of fear in capital letters and underlined. And friends, the question of all questions I asked myself and now extend to all of you listening to this program is this. Will 2022 end up being a year of fear or will it become a year of faith? Fear, my friends, is a very interesting subject and topic of conversation. And believe me, I know there's lots of opinions about fear out there. Being in close to 30 years of pastoral ministry has made me pull the reins in on pat answers and thoughtless responses. And thankfully, the Bible has a lot to say about fear. COVID aside, did you know that up until recently, it has been suggested that the number one menace to world health was cancer or AIDS, plagues, even polio? But sadly, we now know that the number one menace to health the world over is stress. And stress, my friends, more often than not, is rooted in the things we fear. COVID has even exacerbated our fears. One high school social science teacher during a lecture on how we humans react to fear concluded, and I quote, We can sum up our instinctive responses to fear in three words, flight or fight. You've heard that expression, right? It seems we humans, when it comes to handling fear, can only take so much flight or fight. Our natural flight or fight response mechanism often results in pressure, nervous tension, worry, anxiety, and fear. And friends, let's make sure we're all on the same page here. Let's quickly and briefly define flight and fight, okay? Flight has generally come to mean avoiding certain people or situations. In this context, avoiding may include the idea of shying away from or not wishing to face particular people or situations. 
Fight has generally been labeled as struggling to make the grade or meet someone else's expectations. In this context, struggling may refer to or include forcefully making an effort to break free of some restraint or restriction. The emotional energy that we expend in both of these responses can become wearing on and draining us. At times, it may even suck the very life out of us. Friends, perhaps the name Corey Tenboom might sound familiar to you. Corey was a Nazi concentration camp survivor during World War II. In 1975, a documentary movie was made of her life and experiences called The Hiding Place. I sincerely suggest you get and watch this movie. Corey Tenboom has had some very interesting things to say about life. Probably her best known saying is, Worry is like a rocking chair. It keeps you moving, but it doesn't get you anywhere. Two other great things Corey Tenboom said were, Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. And if you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. But if you look at God, you'll be at rest. Well, friends, right now you're probably thinking, but Pastor Tom, what about the fear of the Lord? Isn't that a part of the equation of life, too? And I'll reply with a resounding, yes, it is. And shortly, we'll talk about that in some detail and just what fearing the Lord really means. It's very interesting that we've come to learn from the field of psychology and the combined psychological disciplines that good mental health generally springs from two things. One, a sense of security in who we are, and two, a sense of significance in what we do. And the amazing thing, friends, is that the scriptures, our Bible, speak to these two things directly in one phenomenal statement that's packed with great power. And so we shouldn't just gloss over it when we read it. It's in Acts chapter 17, verse 28. Commit this verse to memory, friends. Make it your New Year verse. It's short, but it speaks volumes. Here it is. For in him we live and move, and have our being. Did you hear that? For in him we live, and move, and have our being. Now, this may not sound very earth-shattering at first reading, but the phrase have our being literally means are or exist. So we could say, in him we live and move and exist. Friends, this is one of the great examples of our Bible being the original psychology manual. Whether they're willing to admit it, psychologists and psychiatrists have been given divine grace from the God of the Bible to analyze the complex human personality. Now, to be sure, they don't always get it right, and some approaches I probably wouldn't recommend. But we'd be wise to not just throw the baby out with the bathwater. In fact, sometimes we need to avail ourselves of their help. So, in the book of Acts, chapter 17, verse 28, we have this great statement, In him we live and move and exist, or have our being. Notice, friends, that the two things, a sense of security in who we are and a sense of significance in what we do, are both beautifully described and intertwined in the biblical language of this Acts 17.28 verse. 
The phrase in him we live and move parallels what we do, and the phrase and have our being or exist parallels who we are. Interestingly enough, the big biblical word live here is not the word bios, where we get our English word biology, meaning strictly biological life, but rather it's the Greek word rooted in zoe, which means life that has unending duration, or as we'd call it, eternal life. The New Testament Christ followers and writers of our New Testament recognize that Zoe was at the core of our spiritual life as believers. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, they chose this word because it not only signifies duration, in other words, everlasting, but it signifies dimension. So it's not merely sterile, biological existence, but rather a spiritual aliveness that flourishes in us and infuses aliveness into all the meaningful things we do in the world and for the kingdom of God. And the great thing is that the works we do now are imparted with spiritual and eternal value. Jesus himself possessed Zoe life, and he imparts Zoe life to us when we become born again, become spiritually alive. So, friends, in him we live. In other words, we are spiritually alive. And in him we move. Now, this word move is a cool word, friends. It's where we get our English words kinesis and kinesiology. Those of us who've ever gone through PT, you know, physical therapy for an injury, have been schooled in kinesiology, haven't we? (laughs) This Greek word kineo is often used as a metaphor to indicate moving and acting in a certain way. Here, in Acts chapter 17, verse 28, I believe it serves to reinforce that our works as believers are being spoken of. Now, due to time restrictions, I can't read Paul's entire context surrounding Acts 17, verse 28, so I'm going to suggest that you check it out for yourselves, the key verses that surround verse 28 and form the immediate context are verses 22 through 34. In other words, Acts chapter 17, verses 22 through 34. But I'll give you a teaser here, friends. Paul is now in Athens dialoguing with some of the unbelieving pagan, Epicurean, and Stoic philosophers, and he actually quotes their Greek and Roman philosophers' writings when he makes his presentation about the one true God. He invited himself into the conversation when he saw an idol with the inscription, To the Unknown God. So, let's connect the dots between Paul's statement in Acts 17.28 and the timely analyses of modern psychology. In him, Jesus, we live and move and exist, or have our being. This single and simply stated verse of scripture reminds us and assures us that we have both a sense of security and a sense of significance because we belong to and are in union with Jesus Christ and as we are putting our trust and confidence in him. What I'm trying to say here, friends, is that as we fully and completely trust and rely on Jesus with our total being, we reap the benefit of having a sense of security as we relate to one another and to the people and world around us. 
And we also reap the benefit of being confident that our life is significant because we have a place in God's kingdom where we both serve him and serve the people around us. In so doing, friends, putting our total confidence in Jesus frees us from living our lives as slaves to other people and as slaves to constant fear. And this is the perfect spot, friends, for me to elaborate on the fear of the Lord. Just what is the fear of the Lord? Two well-known scripture passages on the fear of the Lord are Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And Proverbs chapter 19, verse 23, The fear of the Lord leads to life. Interestingly, Proverbs also counsels us in 29:25 that the fear of man proves to be a snare, but whoever trusts or relies on the Lord will be raised high above danger, as the complete Jewish Bible translation puts it. And here again, friends, we have to strap on Jewish sandals and hear these verses the way Hebrew people heard them. For the Hebrews, the Lord was the one true God, the covenant God of Israel, Yahweh, the one true creator and sovereign ruler of the universe. By the way, one common Jewish praise prayer begins, Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam meaning, Blessed be or blessed are you, Lord, Yahweh, our God, King of the universe. To fear this God, Yahweh, was to revere or reverence him, and this reverence included having a sense of awe, which means a profound sense of respect mixed with wonder. Theologians used to like this expression, reverential awe, to keep it separated from and distinguished from the purely afraid kind of fear, which biblical fear is not entirely. So to fear the Lord basically means to revere or respect him above all, above everything else, even fellow human beings. Someone once said, those who fear the Lord fear no one or nothing else. Friends, I don't think we realize it, but anything that we fear above God means that we are actually exchanging that thing or person with God. We are replacing God with that thing or person. Listen to 2 Timothy 1.7. You were probably wondering when I'd get to this. God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Another way this may be understood is, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid or fearful, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So, God has not given us a spirit of fear, thank God, but fear is not a simple matter, is it, friends? The emotion of fear actually has a protective effect in our lives, but the emotion of fear can also have spiritual repercussions when it paralyzes us and prevents us from carrying out God's plans or doing his will or obeying something in his word. Friends, fear can actually make us disobey God's word. Just listen to 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk or live by faith and not by sight. Friends, here Paul was using sight in this sense. We as Christians walk and live by another dimension of sight, spiritual sight. And therefore, we don't need to rely on the things we see with our limited physical eyes. 
It's interesting that the expressions do not fear or fear not occur over 139 times in the Bible, and this doesn't even include references like be not afraid or don't worry or do not be anxious or let not your heart be troubled. By the way, that last phrase was Jesus' own counsel to his disciples in John 14, verse 1. And troubled may also be understood to mean disturbed or frightened. Friends, here Jesus let us in on a little secret. The antidote to fear includes trusting and relying on both God and Him. Believing in, trusting in, and relying on God are the Bible's way of motivating us to live by faith. So, friends, my question all along has primarily been, will 2022 be a year of fear? Perhaps it better be asked this way. Will 2022 be a year of fear or a year of faith? Listen to 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, which says in part, Everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. So let's recall Corey Ten Boom's words. If you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. But if you look at God, you'll be at rest. You see, friends, the challenge before us today and in this new year ahead of us is to exchange the fear of man with the fear of the Lord, the fear of God, if you will. Amen. The circumstances and even people around us are vying for the God position in our lives. They want to rule us, and we must make every effort with the power of the Holy Spirit to not surrender the God position to them. The Creator and Sovereign God of the Bible must be bigger in our minds than any person, place, or thing. Period. In his book, When People Are Big and God is Small, author Edward Welch makes this challenging observation. The task God sets for us in life is to emotionally require people less and to love them more. Wow, that's a pretty tall order, isn't it? But friends, I believe it's possible if we commit to knowing and living out Acts 17.28. In Him we live and move, and have our being, and also make the scriptures that we've shared today more alive in our lives and in our relationships and dealings with others. And friends, I believe that the key to unlocking these passages of scripture and making them more practical and personal in our lives is to allow faith to be the action word and active practice it is in the Bible. It's more often a verb in the New Testament, and a better but somewhat peculiar English equivalent would actually be faithing. Even John 3.16, one of the most beloved scripture passages, should actually be read like this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, or only begotten Son, that whoever is believing, and as I said, this word is a verb and may be understood as faithing, shall not perish, but have eternal life. In a sense, friends, the Bible is motivating us all and encouraging us all to not only place our faith in Jesus Christ, but practically and actively live out our faith in Jesus Christ completely. I'm sure most of you have heard the acronym for fear, F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real, right? 
Well, I'm not a big fan of that acronym, so I made up my own, F-E-A-R, Falling for Earthly Affirmations as Reality. Isn't that what we do? Fall for them? And so my acronym for FAITH, F-A-I-T-H, is Finding Affirmation in the Heavenlies, from falling for earthly affirmations as reality to finding affirmations in the heavenlies. Friends, I believe only then can we welcome in or ring in 2022. Amen. Amen. Well, friends, I can see we're nearing the end of today's program and the end of this year, 2021. Our broadcast will be closing with an email where you may write me and share your feedback on what these programs mean or have meant to you. I truly appreciate those of you who write in and share your feedback on particular programs that speak to you or have impacted you in some way. I'd love to hear how this New Year exhortation has impacted or encouraged you as we embark upon a new year. And please remember, friends, all the podcasts of A Word from the Word are accessible at faithtalk1360.com. Just search the menu icon for local program podcasts. And please feel free to share these podcasts with family or friends who may be touched, blessed, or even challenged by these teachings. Additionally, A Word from the Word podcasts may be found on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And please keep in mind, friends, since that Word from the Word is a listener-supported program, if it's blessing or edifying you, Please join a Word from the Word support team, especially now during these challenging financial times. It's supporters like you with your faithful and sacrificial generosity that are helping to keep this program on the air. Just email me and ask for the details. Well, thanks for listening today, friends. And remember, Jesus loves you. I'm Pastor Tom with a Word from the Word. A happy and blessed new year to all of you. Friends, if you would like to let Pastor Tom know what this program has meant to you, email him at a word from the word at minister.com. That's a word from the word at minister.com. Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525.